What's up, Collective? How are you guys doing tonight? You guys doing good? Hey, um, quick question. Have you guys ever been excited? I mean, like, real excited. I was, um, I was real excited on Tuesday evening. Uh, we hold youth here on Tuesday evenings, and um, some of you youth leaders are here. Shout out to you guys. Uh, I was here on, on Tuesday night, and I was like, I was jacked. I was excited. Um, I was speaking that night, and I was just about to get out to speak, and I was back here backstage. It's the last song, and I'm real excited. Like, I was so excited. I was like, it was the last song. I'm, I got my hands are raised. I'm like worshiping and praying, and I'm excited, right? And all of a sudden, this warm sensation comes over me. But I know it's like not the Holy Ghost, right? Like, I'm like, sure. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, you get that warm sensation, and uh, like, I, I shake my leg a little bit. And, and like some of you guys know where this is going. And I was so excited on Tuesday night that I, I peed a little, right? Like, not a, like, don't judge me. Don't judge me. It was just a little, like just, like just a little bit, right? Like nobody noticed. I was wearing like a long black t-shirt. So it was cool. But I was excited, right? And you know what? Tonight, I'm like real excited to be speaking to you guys tonight because uh, I, I believe that God's going to speak to us. I, I believe that, that God has something from his word to speak to us. So I'm excited. I hope you're excited with me. Um, our passage for tonight is John chapter 2. We're in a series called This is Jesus. Ben Hilson kicked that off last week talking about the, the thirsty girl at the well. Uh, my, if, for some of you guys that don't know me, my name is Dan Gillis. Um, I'm on staff here at Village Church. I work in the kids department. And uh, tonight, yeah, we're going to be looking at a message in John chapter 2. We're going to look at the first 11 verses. But before we dive into that, I just kind of want to set the stage a little bit. Um, I, I want to look back um, at chapter 1. You see, Jesus, he's only been in ministry for about uh, a couple days at this point. And he's really just getting to know some of his followers and meeting some of them. And in chapter 1, he meets this guy named Nathaniel. And... Uh, it says in chapter one, it's right behind me. It says, Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you're the son of God. You're the king of Israel. Like, like Nathaniel's getting jacked up of who Jesus is. And it says in verse 50, Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. You will see greater things. How many of you tonight want to see God do greater things? Maybe you want to see God do greater things in your heart or maybe in your life or maybe in a situation that maybe not too many people know about. How many of you guys want to see God do greater things in, in, in your family or in your friends? I believe that God can do greater things. Jesus says, you will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Okay, so, so Jesus, he, he's, he's meeting uh, his Nathaniel, and he tells Nathaniel, Nathaniel, you're about to see something that you've never seen in your life. You're about to see something great. You're about to see heaven come down and touch earth. You're going to see heaven and earth collide. And with that, Jesus, it's, we read in chapter 1 that, that Jesus and his followers go to this place called Cana, which just so happens to be Nathaniel's hometown. And that's where we pick up our story today. And here's what we read. John chapter 1, starting, or John chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Here's what it says. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. How many of you guys knew that Mary liked to party? Okay, maybe you didn't know that, but Mary liked to party, okay? And Mary was there. 
Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. And when the wine ran out, how many know that if the wine runs out at your party, that's a problem because the, the, the party is just about to end. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Thank God for mothers who point out the obvious. And Jesus said to her, woman, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. Tonight, I want to speak to you from the topic of do whatever he tells you. If you're taking notes tonight, if you've got your, if you've got your notebook or your diary or your journal, if you've got your highlighters and your pens, if you want to write down a title for this talk, it's do whatever he tells you. Now, there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. John's not too sure. It could be 20, could be 30. He just puts down both. And Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And they filled them to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine. Hold up. This is said so nonchalant. The water that he was taking just became wine. When the water had now become wine, and, and he did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. And when the people have drunk freely, when they've had a lot to drink, the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. This is God's word. Will you guys pray with me all around the room? Would you just pray with me? Father, we know that you're here and you, we know that you're speaking. God, Psalm 50 reminds us that you're continually speaking. You're speaking from the rising of the sun until it's setting. And so, Spirit, we just invite you into this moment, and Lord, we pray that you would begin to soften our hearts and open our ears so that we could hear you, so that like these servants, we could do whatever you tell us. God, we want to see greater things in this place. We pray it in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. All the people said? All the people said? Amen. I, I think it's human nature to want to know what the secret is. Right? Like, we want the secret. We want the secret sauce. Right? Nobody in here wants to know how to make mac and cheese out of the box. Unless you're, like, bacheloring it and you're, like, some dude and you don't even care. But for the rest of us, we want to know the secret. We want to know the secret sauce. Like, we want to know how you make that mac and cheese with the perfect crust on the top with that, like, that brisket that just, like, falls apart in your mouth. We want the secret. And I'm constantly bombarded with like articles and blog posts that promise like a secret diet pill or like a secret unknown way to make extra cash or, or the secret workout plan that'll make you look like the sexiest man alive, David Beckham. And so we are obsessed with finding out the secret. We want the secret. And when it comes to following Jesus, it's no different. We want the secret. What's the secret to following Jesus? How does this all work? And, and what's the secret to how Bible and church and prayer and everything else, how do, what's the secret to how it all works? Tonight, we're going to see that there might not be a secret pill that can make following Jesus easy. But there's a common denominator in following Jesus, and that is transformation. 
If you're going to follow Jesus, you will experience change. You will be transformed. And so maybe you're wondering, how does transformation happen? I think that's a great question to ask at the beginning. And I'm going to answer that question right out of the gate. Transformation happens. We see in this passage that transformation happens when God is present and when we take the words of Mary and do whatever he tells us. Transformation happens when God is present and when we do whatever he tells us. So this story begins, right? And, and, and we read that there's this wedding, that there's this wedding in Cana, right? And, and this, when we, we read that, we're like, oh, sweet, like a oh, oh, Canadian modern wedding, right? This is cute. Like two people get together, there's like engagement photos, there's the proposal, and then there's the wedding, right? And, and it's, it's usually about a day if you count the, the recital the night before, maybe you could count two, but this was a party, right? This was not a one day or one and a half day party. This was a seven day bender. Like they, they party. There was like dancing and talking and feasting and eating. People were celebrating and, and they would have invited their friends and their family and their village all out, out to celebrate the union of this couple, the, the celebration of these two people coming together in marriage. And this was a party. Well, what we read is that at some point the wine ran out. The wine ran out. And so you can imagine the situation, can't you? Like everyone who's like super involved in the planning of this wedding, they're in the kitchen and they're freaking out. Like they're losing their minds. They don't know what to do. And this is crazy to us, right? Because you're like, dude, it's just wine. What's the big deal? Right? Like if we ran out of A&W root beer and we are like throwing a party, like we just go down to 7-Eleven or the superstore or the grocery store and we'd pick up a two liter bottle and we'd have some ice and we'd be good to go. We'd be set. But that's not the problem here. The problem is that this is a seven-day party. And I don't know if you know this, but they don't have grocery stores back then like we have them now, right? And so they don't, they're freaking out. They're losing their mind. They're in the kitchen, and they're like, okay, we've got to come up with a solution. We need a plan. And they're like, okay, well, uh, maybe if we go to the next town, we'll saddle up our camels, and we'll go to the next town, and somebody will have some wine, right? Or, or they're like, hey, does anybody know somebody with, like, a lot of wine? And they're like, well, if we did, we'd probably need to pray for them because they got issues, right? But like, we don't know that person. But if we did, that'd be great. And so they, they don't know. But, but what we read is at some point, Mary gets involved. We don't know how she got involved. Uh, we don't know why she got involved or when she got involved. Uh, but we know that she got involved, right? And so Mary gets involved and she says, you know what? I, I've got an idea. Everybody calm down. Everybody chill out. Everybody just freeze. Here's the plan. I'm going to go tell Jesus. Give me five minutes. I'll be right back. Did you know that when you're in a situation or when your life seems out of control and you might not know what to do, like Mary, you can go to Jesus. I think that's great advice. I just don't know what's going on in life. Things are out of control. That is a great time, like Mary, to go to Jesus. So she leaves the kitchen. She's like, I'm going to go find Jesus, but she can't make a scene, can she? Because if she makes a scene and everyone starts finding out that they're out of wine, the party's gone, everyone's leaving, right? And so she's like looking over at like the, the food table. She, Jesus is like, okay, Jesus is snacking on peanuts. So she goes over and like, he's not talking with anybody, okay? So uh, he's not over there. And then she looks over on the dance floor and there's these 12 ragtag disciples dropping it like it's hot on the dance floor and Jesus is there with them, right? And so she finds Jesus and she doesn't want to make a scene. So she calls him over, Jesus, get over here, get over here. He's a 30-year-old grown man, right? And she's like, get over here, get over here. And Jesus comes over and she tells him, she leans in and she whispers, Jesus, they ran out of wine. I can imagine Jesus like leaning back into her and be like, 
right? Like he's God. This is God. He knows, right? Like he's well, before he even went to that party, he knew they were going to run out of wine. And then Jesus says something very interesting to his mother. He says, woman, woman, what does this have to do with me? That's not a good thing to say to your mother, right? Like, do not, do not try that. That is not good advice. But this is a response. But I love what Mary does next. It says that Mary turns around and she looks at the servants in the kitchen and she tells them, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. And if anyone had the authority to say, you know what, it might not all line up, it might not all make sense, but just do whatever he tells you, it was Mary. Remember, Mary was a, a woman who was impregnated by the Holy Spirit. So if anyone knew that, that sometimes when God comes and speaks to you, it might not all make sense, but you just do whatever he tells you, it was Mary. And so she's like, hey, do whatever Jesus tells you, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it doesn't line up, even if you're not feeling it right now, I just want you to do whatever he tells you. And the servants are like, okay, calm down, Mary. You're a serious, you're a fierce lady. Calm down, chill out. We'll do whatever he says. Okay, they're like, okay, we're ready. Send them over. Okay, and they're waiting. They're like, okay, uh, you guys good? We'll do whatever Jesus says. Okay. And so she sends Jesus over and Jesus says, okay, we're out of wine. Here's what we're gonna do. Do you guys like my water bottle? It's new. It's very new. Still haven't learned how to use it yet. So, it's okay. So she, she calls Jesus over and Jesus comes to the servants and he says, you're out of wine. Here's what we're going to do. You see these six stone water jars? I want you to fill them with water. I, I can imagine the servants being like, has... Has Jesus lost his mind? Like, what do we need water for? We don't have a wine problem. We have a wine deficit. We have a wine shortage. Our problem is not water. Filling these jars with water isn't going to solve the issue. And if you're Jesus, couldn't you just snap your fingers and fill everyone's uh, glass with wine? They're like, they, they don't say this to Jesus because this is like the Lord. This is like the son of God. They're just like thinking this, right? And so they're like, okay, you know what, Jesus? We'll do whatever you say. Your mom is a fierce lady. We'll just do it. And so Jesus leaves and they, they go and they take these six stone water jars and they take them out back. Now they don't like grab a, like a hose and fill these things in like five, 10 minutes. No, these guys have to take them out back to a well, okay? I don't know if you guys ever seen this. How you do is you drop a bucket and it fills with water and you pull it up and you dump it out. And they do that over and over and over, filling these water jars. And after a while, you start to realize that these water jars are huge. Like, and so they probably call Jesus over and they're like, Jesus, like, I, you're a great guy. Like, I get it. But like this water pot ministry thing, like, it's not what I'm called. Like, it ain't working out, right? Like, I don't know if you know this, Jesus, but like, this ain't what I'm called to do. I got big things in my heart. Like I got this prophecy of me like standing on a stage and like playing a guitar. I don't know if you know this, Jesus, but water pot ministry is not what I'm called to do. I don't know if you're called to water pot ministry or not, but uh, if you are, this is for you, okay? And so they're like, Jesus, I just need a break. I just need some me time. I just need to step away from this. But eventually they fill these water pots. It says that they fill them to the brim. They did whatever Jesus said. And so they, they bring these water pots. They're like, Jesus, we filled the pots. Okay, now tell us how we're going to get wine, 
right? They're probably like anxious. They've been like out there for hours while people have been in the party filling, and they've been filling these water jars. And so like, Jesus, tell us what's next. And so he says, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a glass of this water and I want you to walk it over the room to the master of the feast. And you can imagine the servant because he's about to look like a giant idiot, isn't he? Because the master of the feast is expecting wine and all you have is water. But this servant decides, you know what? I'm just gonna do whatever he tells me. I'm just gonna do whatever he tells me. And so he grabs that water and he says, I'm gonna take my first step. And he starts walking. And maybe you're here tonight and you've taken a similar first step. You said, I don't wanna live like this anymore. I I wanna be this kind of person. I don't wanna be this kind of person anymore. So I'm gonna take my first step and I'm gonna start waking up 20 minutes early and I'm gonna start praying. I'm just going to wake up early and I'm going to pray. And so your alarm goes off the next, the next morning. Uh, 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 and like you like snooze a few times. And eventually you get up and you pray. And you take your first step. Maybe for some of you, you say, I'm going to take my first step and I'm going to start attending a community group. Maybe your first step was coming out here tonight. Or maybe for, for some of you, you say, I'm going to take my first step. And I'm going to do this. And I'm not sure what your first step is tonight. But this servant said, I'm going to take my first step. And so he takes a step in the direction. Can I tell you that, that the, the miracle is not for those who have a dream or an idea in their mind, but the miracle is for those who are committed to obedience to Jesus, who say, it might not make sense. I might look like a complete fool. I'm totally afraid of this guy because he's expecting wine and I don't have what it takes. All I have is water, but I'm just going to take my first step. It's when you take your first step that you begin to see the miracle that you begin to see that transformation unfold. And so this servant says, I'm just going to keep moving forward. I'm just going to keep going. And, And many of you tonight need to hear this. You need to keep pressing forward. You need to keep praying. You need to keep seeking. You need to keep going. You can't give up. You need to pray until something changes. God is telling you tonight to keep going even when it doesn't make sense. Can we be a people who follow Jesus even when it doesn't all line up or it doesn't make sense? And so the servant says, I'm just gonna keep going. And he takes his first step. And at some point, something shifted. Something happened, didn't it? That water that he was holding, at some point, it says that it turned to wine. And he takes that cup and he gives it to the master of the feast. And the master of the feast, I love this, he tastes it and he's like, this wine is fantastic. Like, I don't know if this is Cabernet, I don't know if this is Merlot, I don't know what this wine is, but it is incredible, right? And he's like, this wine is fantastic. And so he calls the bridegroom, hey, 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 get over here. This wine is awesome. Like, why have you waited until now to serve it? And the bridegroom probably thinks to himself, 
we ran out of wine hours ago. Like, I'm sure. Like, we, we checked every bottle. We've checked every uh, barrel. There is no wine in this place. I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, no, this wine is incredible. And he, and he starts to praise the, the bridegroom. And in this moment, the bridegroom, he doesn't receive the shame he deserves. You see, because in this culture, the, serving this, at this wedding was crucial because the bridegroom was showing the father that he could provide for his daughter. And the fact that he ran out of wine would have been a huge shame to his family. And so in this moment, he does not receive the shame he deserves, but instead receives a credit he did nothing to earn. And that is the message of the gospel, isn't it? That because of Jesus, we don't receive the shame we deserve, but instead, because he died on the cross for our sins, we receive the credit that we did nothing to earn. As I'm concluding, I'm just gonna call the band up. But I wanna ask us the question, what would happen if we, like these servants, did whatever Jesus told us? Not just when it's easy or not just when it makes sense, but what if we were just a people who said, no matter what, I'm just gonna do what he says. So my question for you tonight is, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What is he saying? And I know this can be confusing for, for many of us. Does the Holy Spirit speak to us? Does God speak today? I mean, I read these stories of God speaking, but does God speak today? You know what? For years, for years, my answer would have been, of course not. God doesn't speak today. That's what the Bible's for. And, and I believe that the primary way God does speak is through his word. But, but can I tell you that God will speak to you through a thought? Can I tell you that God might speak to you through a dream or a vision? He might give you a word or a picture. He might give you a verse. So my question tonight is, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Because I believe he's speaking to you tonight. Maybe as, as I've been speaking, the Holy Spirit's been saying, I want you to step out. You've been thinking about this thing for too long. I just want you to do something. Or maybe the Holy Spirit's saying, you know what, for so long, I've just wanted to communicate you through the, the word of God. I've, I've longed to just, just speak to you through the Bible and, and I just want you to, to start reading. Maybe you're here tonight and you're struggling with, with a certain pattern of life, a certain sin. And God's saying, I just want you to walk across the room and tell somebody. I want you to walk into the light. Maybe you've been struggling with shame and, and, and condemnation and you, you, you belittle yourself and you speak bad about yourself and you're hard on yourself and you see yourself in a low position and God is saying to you tonight, you're my child in whom I'm well pleased. See what kind of love the Father has given us that we should be called the children of God and so we are. What's God speaking to you? What's he saying? But maybe as I've been speaking and, and you're thinking to yourself, Dan, I want to do whatever he tells me, but I just can't. It seems impossible. It seems so hard. 
Like, am I the only one who struggles to do what God is saying? So often God will say something to me like, Dan, I, I, want, you to, I want you to tell your story to that person. Dan, I want you to step out and I want you to do this. Or, or, or Dan, I, I, I don't want you to live this life and in this lifestyle anymore. And I want, I want you to be different. And, and the Holy Spirit will say something to me. Am I the only one who struggles? I love what Paul says. He says, the things that I want to do, I just can't seem to do. And the things I don't want to do, I just can't seem to stop doing them. There's this war waging within us. And you're hearing me and you're saying, Dan, I want to do whatever he's saying, but I just can't. That's where verse 11 gives us hope. If you look with me in verse 11, it says this, the first of his signs, this, the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Notice what John says. He doesn't call the water turning into wine a miracle, though it is. He calls it a sign. A sign is something that points outside of itself to something else. Like if, we're, if, if you're driving down the road and you see a sign that says Vancouver, next three exits, that sign is pointing to a city. And just like a sign pointing to a city, the water turning into a miracle was a sign pointing to something else. It was pointing to the fact that Jesus came to not only clean us on the outside, but to transform us from the inside out. You see, there was these six stone water jars. And the Jews would go religiously, ritualistically, and they would wash their hands, they would wash themselves, they'd wash their pots and their pans and their forks and their knives, religiously. And then notice also what Jesus says to his mother when she says they ran out of wine. He says, my hour, my hour has not yet come. Jesus would use this term over and over and over, my hour, to refer to his death. You see, this miracle was Jesus saying, on the cross, he would do something that these water pots could not. On the cross, Jesus would not only wash us on the outside, but he would transform us from the inside out. And if you're here tonight, and you feel the Holy Spirit just beginning to speak to you and, and you have this, this sense or, or this thought or this feeling that something inside of you is not okay. The good news is that Jesus came. He died on the cross. And he did not just die, he rose again. And he wants to offer you life. And the Bible says that if you believe disciples believed after they saw this miracle if you believe the Holy Spirit will come and live inside of you and he'll give you the ability not only to do whatever he says but have the desire and the ability to do it Jesus came to transform us and he's speaking right now Tonight, I don't want anyone to miss the miracle. You see, you could miss the miracle by saying, Dan, I don't want to walk across the room. I don't want to fill the water pots. He's speaking to you. Don't miss the miracle. Our God walked across the universe to get to you. Will you walk across the room and do 
whatever he tells you. Let's pray. Father, you love us. And you come and do not keep silent. God, I pray that tonight we would be transformed and that we would see the glory of Jesus and never be the same. God, we want to see greater things in this place tonight. So come and speak to us and give us the faith to do whatever you're saying. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if, if God's been speaking to you tonight, you've been, you've been feeling this pull, this, this prodding, tonight's the night to deal with that. At the end of this song, there's gonna be people at the back who would love to pray with you. I'll be at the back. If, if you have questions or if you wanna talk about this or if, if you just wanna pray and take your first step, I'll be at the back of the room. Father, bless us as we leave and as we worship you. God, I pray that this, this time would be filled of, of your spirit and us doing business with you. God, we love you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.